0: Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast show. A podcast that helps foster respect through inclusion, service, and equity. Now here's your
1: host, Stacey Hegarty. Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast. I'm Stacey Hegarty, Vice President of Equity and Inclusion for Envision Rise. Our guest today is Chloe Corcoran. Chloe, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here.
0: I appreciate you having me on.
1: We are thrilled to have you. So we're going to jump right in. But before we do, first, Chloe, I want to thank you for being so vulnerable and being willing to be a guest on our podcast. There's a lot of emotional labor that you're doing, and we appreciate it. Our listeners appreciate it. And I know the trans community community appreciates it. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here.
1: So tell us about yourself. I know you, but our listeners don't. So tell me. Hi, everyone. I am
0: Chloe Corcoran. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I don't know where to start. I am from Rochester, New York, which is a small city about an hour east of Buffalo, and made my way out to California, living here now in the Los Angeles area, working in higher education, still a student possibly forever. And just getting to kind of start to explore LA a little bit. I got out here right before the pandemic and didn't get to do much, didn't get to meet much community. And now I'm really looking forward to starting to do those things.
1: Well, you've definitely already made a splash in Hollywood. (laughs) So, Chloe, you are one of four people who are featured on a podcast called Being Trans. And for those of you that are Gen X and remember the real world on MTV, this is very much like the real world, except with trans people and really talking about your daily experiences, what it's like. Talk to me. How did you come to be on this podcast? What's it like to have your life so exposed in this way?
0: It is super interesting. And I'm realizing I said a lot more than maybe I intended to. So (laughs) you're really getting a look into my life and some of the things that I've been going through and dealing with not only some of the daily things, but some of the larger picture questions too. How did I get into it? Well, it was pandemic time, and I thought to myself, "Like, I don't know what to do. I'm not a baker. Bread is not in my future. So what can I do? Well, I do live near Hollywood. I'm in LA. I should probably say I auditioned for something. So let me just throw in a reel and see what happens. I had seen a posting for the show on Facebook, and I thought, oh, that's cool. And it's podcasts, podcast. Like, Why not? And then after many, many, many rounds of speaking with different people and making sure that I was a good fit and making sure that I was in a good place to do something like this, I was cast in the show. And it sounds a lot easier probably than it is to get into something like this. I got incredibly lucky. And then I was like, was I lucky or was this a story that needed to be told from so many of us? And I think it's a mixture of both.
1: I've gotten to listen to the first four episodes of the podcast, and it's fascinating to hear each of you tell your stories about where you are and how differently all of you have approached transitioning and the obstacles that have come up for each of you. Of course, there's shared experience, but there's also so many differences. And it's a look into being trans that. Many of us don't ever experience, whether it's because we don't have trans people in our immediate circle or the people who we do have in our immediate circle are not really in a place to do that kind of emotional labor, to be that kind of vulnerable. If we can, can we step back a little bit and let's talk about a little bit about what your transition has been like? It's different for everyone, obviously, but there are certainly a lot of shared obstacles For trans people as they go through this. And on the podcast, you mentioned you're about five years into transitioning. Level five girl,
0: yes. All right. (laughs) And if you are listening instead of watching, I'm doing a lot of nodding yes along Mm -hmm. with what's being said here. And transition is different for everybody. Mine was. Very difficult. Mine was fairly public, which seems apparently to be a trend that I didn't realize until this very moment. (laughs) But I was a college athlete, I played football in college, and then I coached for a little bit, I had an opportunity to coach at a school in Ohio later on, which I declined because I kind of figured I was going to transition at some point. And that was a really big defining moment in my life. One of the questions I got a lot shortly after transition was, is your life better now? And I said, well, objectively, if you look at my life from the outside, my life is so much worse, but I feel so much better that those things shouldn't go together. They don't seem like they do, but I felt so much better in who I was and who I was showing to the world and who I was presenting myself as than I ever did what my brother calls BC before Chloe. So It's been a big shift. It's been a big change. It's taken a lot of time. And honestly, it was probably, you know, the newspaper articles and things along those lines were probably a little bit too much when I first transitioned, but I didn't know what else to do. It was a very singular experience. It was a somewhat solitary experience in that I didn't know a ton of other trans people. And seeking community was something I wish I had been a little bit better
1: at. I think it's probably difficult to seek community during a pandemic. Certainly, a good part of your transition was spent pandemic times. Yes, and yeah, that nearly half, half. That certainly adds to isolation for everybody. But then, on top of a job transition, you moved across the country into a new role, into a new state. Something that does happen with a lot of people who transition is the risk that comes to you know, obviously, your relationships, but also financial and career and professional. So you said that objectively, from the outside, your life is just not better. Trying to be positive there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but for you inside, for who you are, it is completely better. What are some of the things that happened that outwardly someone looking in would go, why would you ever transition?
0: Yeah, I'll be honest. My job became incredibly difficult at the time. And as far as I know, I'm the only out trans woman working in higher education advancement in the US. So that means if you're listening and you know someone else, you should email me or you should find me somehow and let me know. But yeah, it's incredibly hard to be the one. And a lot of people know what this is like in marginalized and historically disenfranchised communities of being the one, the one at the table. And that's why diversity isn't enough. That's why we need equity. We need inclusion. We need the longing. But jobs became difficult. I lost friends. You know, there was an adjustment period with some other people in my life. And, you know, I think we came out stronger on the other side because of it, but it wasn't easy to go through at the time. So if you looked at my life financially, job security wise, socially, healthcare, mental health, Well, my mental health actually got better, but everything else declined. So my feeling of security and my feeling of physical safety in the world lessened to such an extent that I didn't really know what to do with it. I was very fortunate to have an amazing mental health professional at the time who really imparted the lessons of setting myself up for success. And that's something I carry through to today in different ways in my career, in my life, in my physical safety. How am I setting myself up for the best possible experience?
1: Let's explore that a little bit. You mentioned that you were a football player. Yes. And I have to guess that for a football player who to the world appears to be male, it's a pretty safe world.
0: Yeah. When the world thought of me as a cisgender, heterosexual, large white guy life was easier. Like it just was. And I'm not saying everybody's life who fits that category is easy. Mine was easier at that time. People didn't challenge me as much people offered me more opportunity. And, you know, I, I tried to outdo everybody in a way, you know, I played football, I was a bouncer for a while and did all of these like stereotypically male things because i was a trying to get myself to believe and feel that but also i was trying to be loud enough to be quiet and when i say loud enough to be quiet i was making just enough noise even throughout high school captain of the high school football team did really well academically all of these things were meant to make sure that nobody would ask me questions that i didn't want to answer didn't always work, but for the most part it did. At the very least, I could move through society safely. One of the difficult things about being trans is the word brave. Everybody calls trans people brave and you know what they're absolutely right, but I shouldn't have to be brave to go get a cup of coffee I shouldn't have to be brave to walk to get my mail And I do have to be brave to do those things sometimes especially for people early on in transition Knowing that you're going out into a world where people may harm you Accidentally with their words and other things the way they act and stare and things along those lines But there's a good part of the population. Well, you know, let's not call them a good part there is a part of the population that wants to actively harm you. And we see that in legislation today across the country.
1: I want to go back to something you said about people describing trans people as being brave. And I would agree that I find myself doing it, that I would absolutely describe what you and your do we call them castmates on a podcast? Yes, yes, yes. What you and your castmates are doing as well as the people who are part of your lives and who are showing up on the podcast as guests and what that means for vulnerability, what it means for becoming a public face. And five years is not a long time in transition. It really is not. And I think for most of us, cis or trans we would not be so comfortable being vulnerable and putting our lives out there in the way that the four of you have done. And you in particular, uh, last week, there was an article featuring you and facial feminization surgery. Yes, through UCLA. Yes. So let's talk about that for our listeners who may not really understand what facial feminization surgery is and what that means for a trans person.
0: Sure. So facial feminization surgery is a procedure where my different features were softened. For me, the biggest change was the ridge on my forehead. For me, I needed that gone. And I talk about gender affirming care, which facial feminization surgery is part of as life-saving. And the difficulties is that so many insurance companies, most importantly, label it as cosmetic, and it makes it really hard to get. But I've seen the changes in mental health that come from people who get this surgery. And that leads to better physical health, that leads to less stress on various healthcare systems throughout the country. There's so many important things that go along with gender affirming care and i'm extremely fortunate to have been able to get it and have insurance cover it that was because my employer at the time opted into extra trans health care it was so unheard of for somebody to do that that my insurance company didn't even understand that this was something that happened they gave me the runaround eventually obviously they came through for me thankfully but It's not easy. And, you know, you talk about being brave and sharing this. And the reason I feel it's important to share these stories and be so vulnerable, which is a word that keeps coming up, probably because I'm really not good at it. I've never been good at vulnerability. I've always struggled with it. And now I term this project as a practice in vulnerability. It's a little bit like yoga that way. Like I'm never going to perfect it. But I can at least keep trying and why do I do that because it's important for me to serve my community It's important for me to push for gender-affirming health care for everybody It's important for me to humanize my experience and my existence to other people And I know there's people that will never reach But there are people who are sitting on the fence There are people who just don't know and there are people who want to approach us But I'm almost always the first trans person that people meet when I meet them anyways And I think that's a common experience
1: Experience. Mm-hmm. The the percentage of trans people for population is less than 1%. Correct. So, you know, obviously for a lot of people, they may never cross paths with an openly trans person, but pretty good chance that someone in their life is experiencing questioning. And not sure what this means about their gender identity and how that is separate from sexual orientation as well. And there's so many questions, I think, that people have. What is one thing you would like for people to understand being trans? Such a great name for the podcast because I keep (laughs) saying
0: it. It does seem to fit in well. Yeah. So if, if people outside of the trans community could know one thing about us, I think it would be that the humanity within us is the same as humanity within everybody else that we need other people we need strong allies and when you call us brave that means there's some sort of admiration and you need to turn that admiration into accomplishing with us in making change with us and if i could ask for one thing and i know you didn't ask about that but i'm going to throw it in there What we'll do if i could ask for one thing it would be to hire us we need jobs jobs are our access to health care we're going to do an amazing job for you. You just got to give us the
1: shot. Let's talk about the workplace and what that's like for transition, what it's like for folks who have already transitioned, starting a new role in a new organization and how organizations can become a more accepting and affirming place. I realized there was not a question in there. (laughs) We can talk about those. Let's talk about it. So did you transition in a job that knew you as someone else before, or did you leave your job as part of your transition?
0: I transitioned in a job that I had been at for, I think, four or five years as presenting as someone else, and then transitioned in that workplace and left shortly thereafter. Not, I gave it a shot. I stayed for a while, but it just wasn't the right spot for me.
1: What was that conversation like the day that... You went to somebody in the organization and said, here's what's happening.
0: Oh, my gosh. They were not prepared. You know, you meet with more and more people and some people are better prepared than others. But I was told at one point, what we do with you will depend on how you look. And that is incredibly difficult to hear for anyone of any situation, but especially somebody considering transition. So that was difficult. I mean, somebody asked me if I was going to wear false breasts to work and things along those lines, incredibly inappropriate questions. And some of it was ignorance, some of it willful, I'll never know. And I can't ascribe that to people, but it felt very personal at the time. And there's a large question for especially trans people, but anybody part of the LGBTQ plus community, should I be out on my resume? I decided from then on that I would be out on my resume.
1: What does that look like?
0: For me, that looks like listing some of the organizations I was involved with, some of the community service that I did. Anybody who looked at it would know at the very least I was a very strong ally and eventually now there's a, you may have heard, there's a podcast out there with my face on it. Uh-huh. So if people Google me, they will find out that I'm trans. And that's actually helpful for me. There's no chance of going back into any type of closet at this point.
1: That's amazing. As I listen to more and more of your story, it's almost as if you became accidentally vulnerable in order to be a voice for people and to help create, I think the podcast calls it radical empathy.
0: Yes. Lemonada's whole mission is radical empathy and giving voice and amplifying voices of historically excluded communities.
1: First, let's talk employers. What advice would you give to employers who want to create a better atmosphere for everyone, but trans people specifically, since that seems to be one of the last areas that are not as protected and are not as well-known. So what would you suggest employers do to help make it better?
0: Absolutely. So if you're an employer who wants to create a better environment for trans folks, a more affirming environment, start hiring trans folk. That's number one, bring us into your organization. We are not that hard to find. Many of us are looking for jobs and looking for opportunities to excel and move up and do great, amazing things for your company and your organization. Second, have trans-inclusive healthcare coverage. Make sure that we can get access to gender-affirming care and also creating and enforcing implicit bias training specifically around trans identities and other identities. I'm not just saying only trans people, but include trans people in those conversations. And don't ask your trans people to do all the heavy lifting around trans education as well. So I know that's a list of four things, but I have faith in so many of our listeners to be able to pull it off.
1: I'm going to add a fifth thing. Something we talk a lot about on this podcast is the way that policies shape culture. I would throw in there, get your policies in order to protect trans people as employees and as vendors and as customers. I co-sign that. (laughs) I think that's an area that people struggle with, organizations struggle with. I used to work in higher education too. And the first time we had a trans student come through the doors, the dean really struggled with the restrooms Mm -hmm. because there was no policy in place. And if you get your policies in place before you need them, you have a chance to work through them and make sure that they are indeed affirming policies that take care of the human
0: Absolutely. And I saw that happen at my alma mater for students as well. They really did a great job of creating gender inclusive restrooms. You know, and it's difficult when you have systems in place that don't allow for a name change, when you have systems in place that don't allow for, you know, pronouns on a name tag or something along those lines that somebody might want to include. Those are small things you can do to be affirming. I will throw on one other thing. If you have a trans employee who has to travel, please get them TSA pre-checked so we don't have to go through gendered scanning as well.
1: Ah, didn't think about that one. That's a good one. I like that. Excellent. Traveling while trans. Yes. (laughs) Now let's switch a little bit. And what about for folks that have a trans person in their personal life? I'm not talking about the workforce. I'm talking about family, friends. How can we just be supportive and what would have been helpful that maybe wasn't so helpful or available at the time as you were coming out?
0: asking that question is perfect because that is the exact same question you'll want to ask the trans person in your life because it shows that you're willing to learn, you're willing to work with them. And it also shows that you care enough to ask the question of... I want to stay in your life. How do I do that? How do I make you feel affirmed? How do I make you feel comfortable? What's going to help you? And also understanding if they're early on in transition, they may not know yet either that that's something that evolves and comes around, but always starting out with using the correct name. One of the big questions that I get a lot is, oh, I use the wrong pronoun. What do I do? you quickly correct yourself and you move on with what you were already speaking about. There's no need to make a big deal out of it. We appreciate the correction and that you identified that you used it incorrectly. So those are two big things. And then just listening, a lot of listening and love. I know that can be loaded for some people, but you got to love the trans people in your life. And if you're asking that question, you already do. And that goes a very long way. And being a vocal ally, having presented so long as a cisgender heterosexual white male, I know what is said in rooms where trans people are not present. That's when we need you to step up. That's when we need you to speak out. That's when we need you to call your legislator. And especially in
1: an election season, it might be more impactful. So just throwing that out there. Well, that's an excellent place to end the podcast. So, Chloe, where can people find Being Trans Podcast? How can people get involved? What do they need to do? Thank you so much
0: for asking. If you want to listen in on my life and the life of a few other people, please look for Being Trans on programs like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, really anywhere that you can access a podcast, you should find Being Trans. I appreciate the time to talk about this. And I appreciate people tuning in just because maybe you'll learn something and at the very least, you'll hear me be vulnerable.
1: (laughs) It's a wonderful podcast. And there's a lot of humor and a lot of love that is coming around some very difficult topics. So to you and your castmates, Chloe, I appreciate you being out there and being vulnerable. And thank you so much for joining us today. That's the Envision Rise podcast. For more information on Envision Rise, you can find us at envisionrise.com.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, diversity and inclusion should not be treated as a one-off initiative. And so with your help, we can get this message to more people. Subscribe, rate, and review the show and be a part of making a difference because it starts with you.